Welcome back to the Georgia 2024 show, the Wednesday 7 p.m. edition, Eastern Time. Uh, again, what a powerful few days. We're here with my co-host, Bill Quinn. Welcome, Bill. Thank you. Good evening. So we're brought to you by the Georgia Record, georgiarecord.com. And we need you to sign up for our no-ad subscriptions. We say this every week, but uh, we really need your support. We are breaking news. I don't know if you saw the news on Prigozhin in Moscow today getting shot down by a surface-to-air missile. Uh, well, that was uh, expected by us. Others had different ideas that there was a psyop to bring him into Belarus to go against Poland with Wagner troops or whatever. But uh, we've been saying all along it was a dueling gang war between the different factions of the security state and, and the Russian government. And I think we were right because uh, they today they just uh, whacked him. So uh, we've got a kind of an interesting show today. We're going to talk about a lot of issues because there's a lot going on and we want to bring some clarity. Uh, but do check out our no ad subscriptions, top right corner, subscribe with no ads. You get all 12 of our websites from Colorado to Eastern Europe to the Middle East uh, with no ads, no pop-up ads. And, and I, I hate it when ads pop up on my phone and I know others do too. So we're going to talk about True the Vote. We're going to have Carly Eli on. She's a strategist and pastor and uh, tight with the Hispanic community. We're going to talk about some of the stuff under the Gold Dome, uh, what's going on in Fulton County, and then what's happening with Tucker and, and President Trump tonight. So, uh, Bill, take uh, I think you're going to lead off with True the Vote information. Yes, we will. So let me go ahead and first remind folks that uh, True the Vote is uh, essentially the culmination of um, quite a number of uh, you know years of effort in election integrity. True the Vote is led by uh, Catherine Engelbrett. Um, it works very closely with a partner firm, OPSEC, which is led by Greg Phillips. And you'll often hear them both appear and speak at, uh, at various uh, activities and events as they uh, announce things. So this week was an amazing announcement. They, uh, they had said uh, a few weeks ago that they were uh, True the Vote was being subpoenaed by the state election board in Georgia, uh, trying to get them to turn over information that essentially they already had turned over uh, prior to uh, you know prior to this year, and uh, the uh, they seem to be oddly playing games with what they have and what they don't have. In any case, what uh, Catherine had said when she appeared with us was, "We're going to begin releasing information." that we gathered during our work within Georgia. And if you recall the movie 2000 Mules, much of 2000 Mules centered around things that happened actually here in Georgia. So um, since that time, that movie came out in April, I believe of 2022. Since that time, folks have continually asked, you know, when are we gonna get to see more information? about what you found, how you found it. Um, there's videos, there's other things that, that folks have asked for. Well, um, this week uh, on Monday evening, Catherine gave a briefing and announced that they would in fact begin putting such information that they have on Georgia out on a tool known as Open Inc. And you will see this ad appearing on uh, the Georgia record. Uh, it'll up, be up typically at the top of the page. Across and, the CDM network, actually. Oh, that's right. It's across yeah. the entire network. So yeah. thank you for that. Um, 
And by clicking this, you will be taken straight to Open Inc. So you don't have to be searching around going, hey, what's the name of this thing again? Just go to Georgia Record and, and click on this and it'll take you there. If you haven't been in Open Inc. before, you'll be able to register. There is no cost. So what they're showing us now is, is, not, um, uh, is not a uh, for-fee um, offering that they're doing, but it is fascinating. Um, here's how it appears on the current Georgia record. So please make sure you uh, frequent the Georgia record, but also this will give you a, uh, an entree into um, what uh, True the Vote is, is releasing. So let's take a look at that for a minute. Um, when you click and when you register, you'll be taken to the uh, front or top of the page for what's being called the Georgia Special Collection. And it's, it's going to be a set of data that will be uh, released, but it is going to be supplemented over time. Uh, they will continue to add to this um, as they have the, uh, the ability to uh, put more files, uh, more videos, more other data up so that people can review their findings associated with Georgia. Um, they did spend a fair amount of time, and I think folks will remember this from earlier briefings from Catherine. They did spend a fair amount of time talking about uh, that the videos, and they have, um, you know, hundreds of hundreds or thousands of hours of videos, many of which are crummy. Um, cameras weren't aimed at the right things. They were, you know, the, the, they. Uh, for whatever reason, they were uh, poor camera uh, angles, poor technology to run the cameras and so forth. So um, the expectation that folks should have is the videos, some will be quite effective, but many will be uh, difficult. In addition, there are a number that appear to have been uh, recorded in odd formats, we'll, we'll say, with metadata and other things mixed in ways that are not usual. It's not as simple as clicking on a YouTube video. And so um, those will be more difficult to get to and see. Um, they, I, I, as I understand it, they're going to have a plan where if people really want to get to those, they'll have a way for folks to inquire and, and go after some of those. But um, they may require special uh, either equipment or software code to be able to even see the video and so forth. As you go down the uh, page, You'll come down to here, and one of the strong recommendations we have is the first thing to do really is watch the watch the video. It provides a good overview of um, experience, their experiences and their findings as they went uh, through Georgia and uh, acquired information, met with um, you know met with Brad Raffensperger and team, met with uh, representatives of the governor's office, met with representatives of GBI and so forth. And so you'll get a good sense of uh, what they went through. You should also recall that during this time, um, and I believe it was um, September, if I recall correctly, of uh, 2020, they issued uh, challenges for 360,000 registrations in Georgia, which based on the data included in the registration appeared to be ineligible for registration in Georgia, faulty registrations, in other words, people that had moved, people that had passed away, other things. Um, what is interesting is as they announced this data, they talked about briefing uh, Brad Raffensperger's team and him and 
um, telling them what they had found, uh, including folks that had moved. And uh, they, they um, gave a description of folks sitting around the table. They didn't name everybody that was in the room, but uh, named, I, I believe, a couple. And, and the folks around the room, you know, in, in some cases, pulled out little calculators and, and did the math on the total registration in Georgia and then the um, findings of at least 360,000 at that time prior to the 2020 election that appeared to be ineligible and faulty. And folks were shaking their heads going, yeah, that kind of makes sense. We haven't been able to clean the, the rolls in a couple of years. And so that seems like, yeah, that's about, you know, back of, back of uh, napkin math seems like about the right number. Now think about that for a minute. What that means is the folks in that room knew that these registrations, which were in the system, and stayed in the system through the 2020 election were faulty, shouldn't have been there. And they had this discussion and openly admitted it according to what Catherine Gregg des described on Monday night. So that in and of itself is horrendously troubling. Um, it, to me, it means that, uh, you know, we, we, for years now, many have been working to, to show that, um, registrations in various counties are faulty and, and should be removed. This, this suggests and shows that um, the folks in charge of this knew that there were problems with many, many registrations, you know, nearly 400,000 registrations. I think the number is something over 360,000 yeah. Yeah. at that time. Big trouble. Yeah. And when all comes out about the elections, I think this will begin to make much more sense and the pieces may fit together. We'll see. We'll see. We don't know that as, as we sit here tonight, but the fact that folks around the table were admitting that they, this made sense is very troubling. Um, so recommend folks watch the video first. Um, you can then go into legal filings and other data that they have stored as the initial release on uh, the special collection. And again, they've, they've described that they will be, um, adding more data to this in the coming weeks and months. Um, they obviously have a number of different things going on right now. This is not the only thing, but um, it should give an interesting backdrop to what's going on here in Georgia and specifically in Atlanta um, now and, and this week and probably through the, the coming weeks and months. So highly recommend that folks take the time. Um, if you haven't yet registered for opening, highly recommend you do and go begin to review the information that's being released and try to keep up as they add to it. Um, I, I uh, trust that they will have um, lots of uh, fascinating things to share with us as they go forward. So th th Bill, this is uh, not Facebook. I mean, it's not for entertainment. It's for patriots who want to do the work, right. And to stay that's up correct. With what's going on. It's going to, it's, it's, it's going to take some work to absorb the information, but it, it it's, bringing the country in the right direction. So that, that's correct. And it isn't, this is this spe specific release is uh, all about data from Georgia, but of course, many of these findings will likely be very similar to things that they found in other States. And, and perhaps as we go forward, there'll be other releases for other States. We don't, yeah. uh, they haven't talked about that yet. Um, the other piece of this that I would highly recommend folks take the time to register for, and again, there's no cost to it, is um, another uh, 
site that they have uh, stood up called Onward. And it's, uh, it's meant to be uh, uh, sort of a supplemental social media site where folks can have conversations about this and other topics that they're finding and be assured that their conversations are you know, secure and won't be, won't be censored and, and so forth. So Open Inc. is, as you say, designed as a very secure repository. You, you, you may remember that they had announced Open Inc. back in August of last year. And immediately they were hit with um, 30,000 30, folks that wanted to get on it and a whole ton of bad guys trying to keep it um, crashed for mm -hmm. the coming months. So they've worked hard and long to get this to stand up and be a, a secure, trusted repository for this and lots more. Um, once yeah. you get involved in opening, you'll be able to look at other things that are in there as well. So, um Excellent. Yeah, so there'll be fun things going on, and we want to we want to bring that forward. Again, go to George Record; you'll see how to get there, and uh, it can be part of your your research in the coming weeks. Excellent. Should uh, should we bring Carly on now, or let uh, let's do that? Is Carly uh, online? I see her, but uh, there she is. There we go. Hi. Let me bring this down. Hey, Bill. Good there afternoon. we go. Hi, Hi Carly. Good afternoon. Good, Good evening. Good evening. So, uh, Todd, would you like to? Yeah. So, Carly, uh, giving me the overview. I mean, you're a pastor. You're uh, tied to the Hispanic community. You're an activist. You're you're a lot of things. So, why don't you give us the overview of who is Carly Ela? Well, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Carly. It's just a pleasure to be with you today. So, you know, I'm just uh, first of all, I'm just a servant of the Lord. Uh -huh. And I'm just trying to do what God has called me to do, um, do it absolutely as much as humility as possible. And, uh, you know, so I do have I have different hats. So I'm originally from New York, uh, you know, moved to Florida for college, a double majored in business. And then post-college, I moved back to the city where I had a career in media. Mm -hmm. uh, I was fortunate enough to start my career out, you know, with uh, Mayor Giuliani when I was an intern, Sean Hannity oh, wow. back in the day in New York, Curtis Lee and others. And then my career just expanded from the media space into the political media space when I moved to D.C. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I was very involved in grassroots, very mm -hmm. active in the African-American, Hispanic uh, communities out there because I always felt that those two demographics share so many similarities. And yeah. that led me to get very involved in, in the grassroots area and also lobbied for school choice, became really passionate about education, all things school choice, uh, and was able to pass legislation out in Alabama many years ago. And uh, and then, no joke, like I was in D.C. at the time, I thought like D.C. was the, I mean, I thought the politicians in D.C. were the answer to everything. I thought they were the cure for our, our country. And boy, was I wrong because it was in D.C. where I found the Lord. That was mm -hmm. 10 years ago. And right after I got saved, um, God really just, he literally just yanked me from the world into, into just, you know, knowing who he is. And I became a, you know, a minister, I became a, a law enforcement chaplain. And then over the last several years, he's just been showing me, I'm putting you back in government. I, mm. I've tried to fight with the Lord about it, but he put me in my place. He rebuked me. He's like, no, the reason why you hate politics is why I'm sending you. Cause if you love it, you will lose your soul. So get ready. So you know, I, we hear that a lot. People have that internal fight. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do that, but yeah, you're going to do that. So, 
So, yeah, so that's basically it. So now, you know, I've been in Georgia for over eight years. I'm, I'm a Yankee originally, as I'm from New York, but yeah. I got to tell you, I love this state of Georgia. I mean, I don't know if you can tell, but I have, the, I have a, you know, a scarf with the, with the state flag and I love this state. I know that as a Christian, I can tell you that God has a great purpose for our nation. Uh, has a great purpose for Georgia. This is the birthplace for revival. And this Georgia is, uh, you know, uh, in a political sense, it's ground zero, right? It's the epicenter of sure. all things political. But from a spiritual side, it is the birthplace for a revival and it's a land of promise. So so how do we uh, bring in, I think the, the Hispanic and African-American communities, communities are naturally moving more toward our view of the world, for lack of a better way to put it. How do we accelerate that? and really open their eyes to what the Democratic Party is doing? Well, here's the reality. So, I, you know, as a as a grassroots leader and, you know, as a multicultural strategist, I've been pitching this message about engaging with the minority communities, both African-American, mm -hmm. Hispanic, and Asian for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, you know, on our side, on the conservative side, there's an interest there, but I don't think they really saw what was, what was going to take place down the road. Mm -hmm. So as far as engagement is concerned, I think it's very surface at this point. Uh, I hate to say it, but the Democrats are in it to win it. They have a very strong mindset. They're very aggressive mm -hmm. in their efforts, and they see it and they and they have a very very uh, solid teams they're very active and one way that they have reached out to the minority communities is by in being in the community itself uh, there's mm -hmm. so many different opportunities from fruit drives and toy drives and just really engaging in, in with them and that's what has afforded them to really build relationships i mean relationships are not built overnight they take time but uh, what i always tell people is that as someone that's always in the grassroots space and in the political aspect you know nowadays i think overall americans whether you're minority or not you know, people are, are they're pretty frustrated with the political, you know, the, the political uh, culture in our country. They're frustrated. People are tired of being utilized for a vote. People are tired of being pandered to. You know, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, Hispanic, Asian, male or female. Just people are tired. And I really yeah. believe and from my interactions with people, they want authenticity. And this is why I think when it came down to President Trump, he completely re revolutionized the whole political arena uh, back in 2016. And he continues to do so th to this day. Why? Because number one, you know, you know, uh, as a New Yorker, I, I can relate to President Trump. That's how we handle business. We're very, you know, very in your face. We're very straight to the point, very matter of fact. We get down to business and, hey, our word is our word. You will know mm -hmm. when we say something, we'll get it done. Mm -hmm. So people are craving that. I think people are just so fed up with the previous with politicians for the most part that say one thing and once they get in office, they obviously do not fulfill their promise. And with President Trump, he's done a spectacular job in saying what he you know what he has offered from day one. And he fulfilled for the most part all the all the the uh, the, the agenda and the plans that he had for this country. Uh, and again on top of that is 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 his uh, authenticity, I'm sorry. His mm -hmm. very straightforwardness and bluntness is what I really believe people are craving and they're leaning towards. People don't want to be lied to anymore. And you know Again, my, his tone is my tone. Yeah. Speak, you know, other people, it's a little bit tough, but hey, you know what? New York is a tough place. And, you know, you, you have to measure people by results. And this is why, again, when it comes to President Trump and engagement with the minority community, he's done an impeccable job. Uh, his grassroots efforts, uh, even the, the plans, I mean, the platinum plan for the African-American community, the opportunity zones, and the list goes mm -hmm. on. The, the jobs, uh, the job opportunities also for all Americans. I mean, that resonates with people. And I always tell folks that when you're engaging with the minority community, 
keep it simple. It's not that complicated. We share the same values as a general market. You know, we care about the we care about our freedoms. We care about our, mm-hmm. our, our you know obviously uh, our economy and also our family. So any person that's going to deliver uh, a great agenda that's going to support those values, hey, we're all in. With with your discussions and meetings that uh, you go to around the state, um, some of many of the groups we talk to um, have a, a strong spiritual side to everything they're doing even if they're they're really focused on election integrity mm-hmm. they they have a very strong strong spiritual tilt to it if you will they see the they see the the hand of god and in, in what their work is is doing do you find that that's uh, getting more prevalent do you see it the way the way that we do around the around the state and and beyond absolutely i mean i can tell you um you know if for those that are not believers you know i, I was one 10 years ago Okay, and, I, and I'll make it very simple. It's good or evil. It's, gr- it's good versus evil. It's Jesus versus Satan. It's angels versus demons. It's heaven versus hell. The end. Anything, anything outside the word of God and the Lord is a complete lie. And I'm just so happy because, you know, God is really moving. And those with discernment, spiritual discernment, we can see that people's eyes are wakening up. People are starting to realize how this is a, this is a spiritual warfare. This is warfare, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's way much, much more than what we see. It's happening in the spiritual realm. And... To, you know, I remember when I got saved 10 years ago, I, I got really in the, I got really involved in the word of God and, and just having that relationship with the Lord. And God was showing me a lot of things through prayer and dreams and visions and prophetic revelation. And I kept sharing those things with a lot of people. And at the times, even many Christians, they, you know, they've been with the Lord for 10, 20, 30 years. And yet they had zero faith. They didn't believe they put God in a box. And it was very frustrating because it's like, geez, it's not that hard. You know, can mm-hmm. you not see? <laughs> but now you starting to see that, you know, when you go to these different events, people are starting to realize that the spiritual warfare is real uh the more and more that the evil is being exposed people are starting to realize that the word of god is becoming more evident and true and this is why it's so important that when we go into these events we have to start them with prayer you know in the beginning and towards the end because here's the thing you guys yes god chooses vessels and like yourself and myself and others and like our president Trump and many other people out there who are warriors. But the reality is we cannot go into this war zone by ourselves. You know, we need God in the midst of everything from start to finish. And the more and more, you know, you get involved, the more and more, uh, the more and more evil that you see around us, do you see that people are starting to pray more? They're starting to, you know, uh, go to church more or having more Bible sessions, you know, with Bible studies with their friends or families. But they're also starting to acknowledge that this is that the Bible, the Bible is being uh, fulfilled. Right. We're starting to see a lot of the prophecies in the Bible are coming to pass, you know, especially with the with the jab from like two, three years ago and everything else that's leading up to it. You know, you're starting to see that uh, that spirit of Antichrist is definitely roaming. And I really see that even though the spirit of Antichrist is coming around, so is the spirit, so is the spirit of the Lord. You know, he's growing stronger among the people. Let me ask you this. I mean, my father was a Presbyterian minister. You're a pastor. Um, the churches have let a lot of people down. I mean, mm-hmm. and so how, as someone who go, you know, I was in a church recently and, and, the, and the minister literally started talking about transgender and how it was so mm-hmm. great. And I, I got up and left. Because that's not Christianity. Mutilating, right. mutilating children is not Christianity. How do people deal with that kind of situation from a pastor's standpoint? How, how should people, what would you tell people to how to deal with that? Okay. So in, in what sense? How to, to deal with? I mean, I mean how, do, how, do you, how do you deal with a church that's lost its way? I mean, do you leave? Do you stay mm-hmm. and fight? Do you, I mean, what, what, how would you confront the pastor and what they're doing? 
you know? Sure. So just to, just to make it a little, I uh, just want to clarify real quick, Todd, I, I'm just a minister and a law enforcement chaplain. In okay, fact, okay. the role of pastor is only for men only because that's okay. a order. So okay. I just want to with you. Sure. Uh, no, no biggie, no biggie. Yeah. Um, so, so how, so this is just, your question is obviously very common as someone yeah. who has ministered to numerous prodigals and people who have literally have left the church, walked away from God altogether because they have seen, they've been horrified by the, 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 the behavior and, and the, what they have seen at the altar and at the mm -hmm. house of God, they have, they've been horrified. So what does the Bible say? The Bible says in Jeremiah, right? Blessed is the man that trusted men, Curses the man that trusts in because curses the man. Sorry, blessed is the man that trusts in God and curses the man that trusts in men. And what's been happening across our country, everything. I, and I tell people, and it gets me in a lot of trouble. I'm like, look, if you look at it from a spiritual lens, everything that's happening in our nation and around the world, for the most part, is the church's fault because the church is called to be the light. We're called to be the salt. But yet, when you have pastors and you, when when the church has been prostituted with fame and money and influence and everything else but the word of God, there is no because if the word's not being preached, there's no truth, and the people are not being fed, so they don't know they don't know the word of God, and ultimately, all the responsibility does not fall on the pastor or the leadership; it falls mm -hmm. on ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, our salvation, which is a gift from the Lord, you know, we have to live our lives according to the word of God. You know, so as, as a leader in, in the ministry, and believe me, I get in a lot of trouble with leaders because I call them out, you know, to whom much is given, much is required. Oftentimes, here's the thing, too. A lot of people in leadership, most of the time, they're not called by, by God. They just pass the baton from one generation to the next to, to continue the legacy of a church, you know, mm -hmm. and that's a problem. You have others that are pastors that are there for the money and the, and the fame and the influence and the power. It's not about that. If you, you know, also the fear of God has been has been replaced in the body of Christ, you know, and that's one of the first things that God taught me when I got saved is to fear the Lord. And I started reading the Bible and every time I kept reading the Bible, God would just speak to me. I would have my highlighter, my notebook, and I would just start taking notes and God was just talking to me. And that's that relationship. So what do I tell to those folks that the church is a mess? Well, as, as a Christian, as a servant of the Lord and someone in, in ministry, I, I apologize on behalf of those leaders. But I'm here to tell you, we love the church. We pray for them. We bless them. But please, I beg you, do not be anchored in them. Do not trust people. Do not trust the Christians because I'm telling you, we are all fallen. Okay. I, I'm going to be honest with you, especially in these political circles. In my experience, the worst ones. The ones that practice all the schemes and the lies and the deception and the power hungry, you know, power or money hungry people happen to be Christians. Mm -hmm. And I can tell right off the bat, they have not been processed by the Lord. They haven't they haven't been walking with the Lord the way they're supposed to, you know, and the minute that the devil comes with the temptation of power, money, fame or, or whatever position or status, they will sell out in two seconds against God. And if they're true brethren in the midst, they will turn on them too. Okay, and that's why people, when people are relying on people, putting their faith in people, when they see all that stuff, they get so disappointed, they can become so hurt, and they want to walk away from God altogether or the church. Mm -hmm. And my encouragement is, look, you know, my prayer has been that the Lord, you know, really starts to uh, cleanse the church, uh, purify it. Um, you know, and, he, and from what I've been seeing lately, he's definitely filtering the people, the wheat and the tares. And oftentimes, a lot of Christians, because in their self-righteous and their pride or their biblical ignorance, they think they're ready to go to heaven. Beam me up, God. Are you sure about that? How's your walk? How's your walk with the Lord? Because if, you're, if the devil is not against you 24-7, then you got to question your walk with the Lord. Because when, you're, when you are really walking like Jesus, you have to expect that warfare. It, I mean, the cost will cost you the anointing definitely, too. definitely with your experience in georgia 
is there something about Georgia that is um, or was um, dark in, in some way? I've often wondered why it was here that uh, whoever put up the Georgia Guidestones chose to do that. And the Guidestones, for, for those that don't know, uh, were destroyed last year. Um, happened to be on George Bush's birthday for reasons we don't know. But um, the, the Guidestones essentially said to keep the uh, population of the world to 500 million. So given the status of the world as, as it is today, that means that 13 out of 14 people on the planet now would have to die. Mm-hmm. Is, is, is your is your learning ever given a sense of what what is it about Georgia that would cause such a thing to to be here? And is there more that we don't yet see? Well, I will say this: so many years ago, um, I had a friend who was a pastor, and God told him that Georgia was the birthplace for revival. Okay, not too long after um, I moved here, God was saying something very similar as well that Georgia is the birthplace for revival, that God has great plans. And if you look at the history of Georgia, you know, it's, it's fascinating because there's so much rich history when you go back 200 years and 100 years ago, et cetera. This is the place of the, of also of the civil rights movement, obviously. It was also when we had the Civil War. So when you look back at the state of Georgia and even in this country, there is a rich history of how the whole, me- the whole message of America was fighting for liberty and justice. Georgia, you know, I've asked the Lord for a while, like, why Georgia? You know, why not another another state? To be honest with you, I haven't had I haven't gotten an answer from the Lord in that aspect. But I can see, you know, just from my discernment, there's a lot of churches out here. You know, look look at the South. Right. You know, um, I always hear people say Georgia goes, there goes the South. It's true. Uh, If the the South goes, there goes the rest of the country. It's true. I mean, the South is, is known as the Bible Belt. I will share a quick story with you uh, about three years ago, this time three years ago. So for, if we, for you guys, if you don't know what a shofar is, it's a ram's horn. You know, the one that mm-hmm. Joshua sounded off at the walls of Jericho. Yep. So I have three. I have a small one, a medium, and, a, and the, the big one, which is an antelope horn. So when all this stuff was happening with the, with the shutdowns and the jab three years ago, in fact, I just got to preface a little bit. January 2020. God gave me any, well, actually, I'll go back. 2017, he gave me a lot of dreams about this bioterror that was going to take place. Uh, and he showed me the CDC at the time, too. I didn't know it was the CDC building at the time. This was back in 2017. But he showed me dreams where people were going to pass out. They had problems breathing. They would just pass out. Okay, fast forward. 2020 rolls around. And uh, I remember one January morning, he's like, the Lord's like, um, I need for you to go grab a shofar. Go, go get a shofar. Okay. So for my mom's of the family, we happened to be Jewish. So I'm like, okay, Lord, I went to the Jewish store, got a shofar. And the Lord's like, look, I need for you to sound the shofar in New York, in D.C., Richmond, and uh, in Maryland. So got it. This was literally the end of February of 2020. Okay? Follow me. Mm-hmm. I went there, and I had my Bible, my oil, my shofar. And God had me go and literally sounded off all the media buildings in New York City. Now, I used to work in New York. I used to work for MTV back in the day. So if you've been, if you've been to New York, it's MTV right there in Broadway mm-hmm. on, on, you know, on the 44th Street and all the way to Broadway and stuff. Well, there's a whole bunch of media buildings out there. So he had me go and sound the shofar. Okay, great. Same thing happened in D.C. God gave me a word, gave me scriptures for every place that I went to. The last week in D.C., um, which was the first week of March 2020, follow me. God had me, he's like, look, just like I sent you out in November of 2019, 
to offer prayer and ministry to every U.S. senator at, at, in D.C., I want you to do the exact same thing, but for the U.S. House. I was like, what? He's like, go. So I went there. I literally knocked on 435 offices at the U.S. House in D.C. in five days. By the grace of God, I was able to do it. I, I went there. I said, hey, I'm a law enforcement chaplain. Here's my badge. I just came here to offer prayer ministry, et cetera, you know, if you guys want it. So wherever I went, if they allowed me in, great. I would anoint their doors, just like the days of Joshua, right? Play the blood of Jesus, the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. That's what I kept doing to the ones that welcomed me in. Return back. I returned on May the 9th, March the 9th, 2020, 2020, right? Two days later, the shutdown began. Okay. I couldn't believe it. So here it is. Our whole country is being shut down in on in March the 11th, 2020. That whole summer, as you remember, the shutdowns and then the lockdowns and the fires and everything else. That summer of July, he's like, I need for you to go and sound the shofar, grab your flag, grab your oil, grab your Bible. And I want you to cover the whole Bible Belt plus the 13 colonies and every city hall, every governor's mansion, every capital. And yeah. And any other building that's a stronghold, I want you to go and, 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 and go to the Lord and pray. And I will give you scripture and I will give you, uh, and now I want you to sound the shofar, north, south, east, west. So 19 states, 54 cities, for 53 cities later. That was about six to eight weeks time lapse. The whole theme, and I think this is going to be your answer. The whole theme behind this was liberty and justice. In fact, every place that I landed on, Throughout the Bible Belt, so you're looking at Arkansas, right, Tennessee, right, plus the 13 colonies. Um, God had me proclaim Leviticus 25:16, which is proclaim liberty to all the inhabitants of this land, for it shall be a year of jubilee for you. So by the time I I I came from the first trip, I went all drove all the way from Georgia to Maine. My last place was in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Right after, but that was my last place. The second to last place was Harrisburg uh, at the Capitol. And no joke, I'm having these conversations with the Lord as I'm doing it. I'm carrying my flag, my oil, my Bible, my shofar over, over every place. And then the Lord tells me this, daughter, what has been the message throughout this whole trip that I've been telling you? I told you that I'm a God of liberty and justice. When you went to, when you went to Alabama, I showed you the walk of MLK, right? It was a theme of liberty and justice. When I took you to Delaware, it was the walk, it was, I showed you the walk, the journey of Harriet Tubman. It was a theme of liberty and justice. When I sent you to Plymouth Rock in Massachusetts, when the pilgrims came and dedicated this nation to the Lord, it was liberty and justice. Now behold, you're here in Gettysburg, the same place where Abraham Lincoln stood up and said, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Hmm. And God is telling me this, and I am literally bawling my eyes out because as the intercessor, I'm literally just, you know, how do I say, praying the will of God for this nation and declaring his purpose for this country of liberty and justice, right? So while this is happening, God tells me this word like days later. And he said, when justice falls upon the wicked, it's going to be a jubilee for the people. For America is the birthing room and the birthing place for God's plans to manifest here on earth. Free at last, free at last. God Almighty, we're free at last. Mm -hmm. That was the message that he had me when it came to the whole trip and why mm -hmm. Georgia is a huge, it's also a huge player in all of this. That's a fascinating story. The, one of the reasons that uh, 
that I thought today would be a good day to bring you on is because we are, you know, folks feel like we're facing um, a very difficult time. You know, we're going to watch, we're going to watch uh, Trump be arraigned tomorrow. And, you know, people have mixed feelings about that. One of our colleagues has, uh, has said that there, this is, you know, the, uh, the, the, final, if you will, you know, set of indictments against Trump because it was always planned that way. Actually, you know, you use the word epicenter earlier. Many of our guests have, have said there is something about Georgia that's just it, it ends up being an epicenter for all this. I, uh, you know, I think I think the messages that you've shared tonight are just um, just exactly what we need at the moment. And, um, you know, in the coming weeks, we'll, uh, we'll uh, I'm sure, be able to have you back. And mm-hmm. and as this progresses, we'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get more insights on what you're hearing and feeling and seeing with others. So. Amen. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you for that. Thanks, Carla. We'll have you back. Awesome. You're very welcome. Thank you for having Take me. Care. Bye. So uh, we got a lot more to talk about, uh, but we'll get that to you after the break. I'm David Cross, and you may know me from my election integrity work, but I also own U.S. Asset Management, a family-owned and operated investment advisory practice. I'm a certified portfolio manager, and my job is to help you make better decisions with your money. One of the things we try to avoid is investing in companies that push the woke agenda. If you're invested with one of the big firms out there, there's a pretty good chance that you're feeding the beast that hates your values. Our company is 100% conservative, and we'd love to have an opportunity to work with you. Check us out at us-am.com and look for our big, proud American Eagle logo. So, Bill, where do we go from here? Okay, so I thought we would spend a bit of time on the events of the last few days. Um, There's been a lot of uh, rhetoric around uh, who's lining up with who and so forth, but there's also been... um, some lack of uh, lack of uh, addressing what's happened with Fannie Willis and these indictments. So I, I wanted to focus on two of the, the, the um, gentlemen that have anteed up in various ways and talk a little bit about what they've, uh, what they've put forth. So uh, let me bring this up if I may. So the first um, was a letter sent by uh, Senator Colton Moore uh, last week. And um, I, re- I really want folks to know what these things said because it makes a difference. You know, words, words mean something. So um, in this, um, he proposes and asks for demands, if you will, a, a special session. And he says specifically, we, the undersigned, being duly elected members of the Georgia House of Representatives and Georgia Senate and comprising three-fifths of each respective house pursuant to article four, section two paragraph. And I can barely read it (laughs) eight, I believe hereby certify to you in writing with a copy to the secretary of state that in our opinion, an emergency exists in the office uh, affairs of the state requiring a special session to be convened under that section for all purposes to include without limitation, the review and response to the actions of Fannie Willis. So here we have a gentleman stepping up saying, there's something wrong with what's going on. We need to convene and we need to address this. 
And um, again, one of our colleagues, uh, Brian Pritchard, noted that in addressing this, he's speaking on behalf of the, his constituents in, uh, in his district, uh, which is, very frankly, what all representatives and all senators should be doing. They are the elected representatives of the people. Um, either one or two days later, John Burns, who is Speaker of the House, issued his own letter and communique to um, to the uh, both the public and to the uh, uh, to the legislators. His view was somewhat different. And let me read this to you. And it's quite important. That's why I want to make sure people uh, understand what was said. As we said yesterday, this matter is now before our judiciary. All those charged are innocent until proven guilty. And I am certain both sides will ensure the, uh, that uh, justice... That, ensure this matter is exhaustively considered through the courts. Thank that you. Said, given our separation of powers, it would be inappropriate to comment further. That, there you go. Thank you very much. Um, and further, I agree with Governor Brian Kemp's statement released on Tuesday, the future of our country is at stake in 2024, and that must be our focus. I think his last statement is right on target. I think the statement that goes before it seems to be tone deaf to what's actually happening. Um, we'll look, look in just a moment at some, uh, some of the actual charges that have been brought against these people. Um, several were arraigned today and got their, their mug shots and so forth. And we'll even talk a little bit about that. But um, when you look at what these folks have been charged with and you look at the history behind this whole notion of having um, a review of an election, if there are concerns, um, these statements seem to fly in the face of both history, precedent, and what we're seeing right now. So let me give a couple examples. Here's one of the charges against uh, President Trump. On or about the 30th day of uh, December 2020, uh, Donald John Trump caused to be um, tweeted from his Twitter account, hearings from Atlanta on the Georgia election uh, overturn now being broadcast live via RSBN network. It's a tweet. Fannie Willis believes that that tweet is part of a an act of a con, uh, involved in the in a conspiracy. It's a tweet. It's free speech. Yeah. Another another example. Um, tw uh, Trump tweeted Georgia hearings now on OANN. Amazing. There's no judgment in this. He's simply announcing that that uh, hearings are on OANN. And yet Fannie Willis claims that this is um, an overt act in furtherance of a conspiracy. And finally, for the moment, at least, uh, David James Schaefer scheduled a room, reserved a room in the Georgia State Capitol so that they could have a meeting regarding the alternative slate of electors. And she's calling that a crime, a felony. He scheduled a room. Yeah. So when you hear things like, you know, gosh, it, it would be inappropriate for us to discuss because of separation of powers. I think that 
Um, and, and from what I gather from listening to folks in, in our circles, that these things are exactly why you have different powers so that they can um, keep one another under control. And it's, it's absurd to believe that things like this should be um, deemed felonies. So um, as we go forward, I suspect we will see more folks either stepping up and doing the right thing and saying, you know, this isn't right. This needs to be looked into. Um, we have the right to review such things. And others, unfortunately, that may come forward and say, we don't have the, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't do this. It's up to the judiciary to, uh, to now deal with this. Right is right. Wrong is wrong. And I think people are, people are seeing that and hearing that and learning that, uh, my opinion. Here's uh, David Schaefer, former uh, GOP chair. And this is uh, his mugshot from, from earlier today. And, and God bless him. He was able to, to uh, struggle up a smile and then use this picture to post on, uh, on his social media. So it's now his profile photo. So um, not everybody was able to do that. Um, but you got to give this gentleman credit for being able to uh, smile in the face of this. Uh, uh, having just had Carly here, I'll call it wickedness. <laughs> sure. Um, later on tonight, uh, Trump will appear with uh, Tucker Carlson, um, specifically at 8.55 Eastern time. Um, not quite sure how they picked the exact time, but it is interesting. And um, I suspect that there will be interesting things to hear during his discussion with Tucker. Tucker um, has had many people on. I know that you, uh, uh, you know and respect uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. well. Tucker had him on in the last few weeks and, and uh, just spouted a, a, a number of uh, truths that uh, people, some may, may have known about before, others they didn't. But fascinating gentleman to hear, and I bet uh, we'll, we'll be uh, uh, informed by the discussion this evening with, uh, between Tucker and President Trump. Tomorrow, um, the, uh, you know, Trump will be in town to go through this uh, arraignment process and so forth. And uh, in line with what Carly was offering, I think tomorrow's a, a good day to offer prayer for everybody involved, um, uh, not just uh, President Trump, but certainly with him at the forefront. Um, all of this um, seems to be targeted at not, not picking a, a good new president, but in fact, stopping President Trump. So it's not about picking a good guy. It's stopping a good guy. Completely agree. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting week, and uh, we'll have a great show Sunday. I know we're going to have Michael Doherty on, who was one of the early fighters of election, not election integrity, but fighting the, uh, the administrative state, put it that way. And uh, who else do we have Sunday, Bill? Uh, I think we're going to see David Cross. I believe he's going to cover some things that are a little different than election integrity. Um, because as we get further into this, there seems to be other dynamics at play. Yes. Yeah? So yeah, um, a little bit more about uh, the financial pictures and so forth as we uh, as we go forward. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that conversation about finance and um, you know monetary policy and everything because you know David's knowledgeable and it's it's really important right now and people need to understand what's happening. Yep, and we may have some other uh, some other very interesting guests as well. So um, again, looking forward to a great show on Sunday. Thank you, Bill. We'll. Uh... 
We'll be back next uh, Sunday at uh, 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Please check out our no-ad subscriptions and uh, support free media. Thank you very much.